0: Let me get set up here We're not in our regular place, but that's all right because it's good to do stuff different Steve said, man, we're always doing something different I don't want to block the fan, Lord knows I don't want to block the fan Good Welcome everybody, I'm Pastor Buddy Chapman for Keep the Promise Worship Center And today we are live outside, man, getting with it here, this is really cool Um, Everybody knows that we had an opportunity yesterday to serve the community And man, I, I just tell you, I am so proud of the KTPers man, for doing what they do. Uh, I, do I, I do want a little bit of a report from the grill master. Could you stand up and give a report there? Could you tell me, Mr. Robert, what type of food you put out yesterday? How many and what you were, were doing? Yeah. Wow. Woo! Give it up, man. As moving on. 230-some hot dogs and another 100 hamburgers or so smoothies and everything else that's that's just powerful you know double that next year because i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real hungry next year that's good that's good man well i'm gonna start our message off a little bit here and i just want to go to the lord in, in prayer as we get ready to kick it off fathers we just go and take a little time here lord to just uh, uh just bask in what you've done lord we want to just tune into your word this morning father make it so much more than what what i could do uh lord we just welcome you here today and Father, just Holy Spirit, be our teachers, Lord. Uh, be our teacher today and make this so much more. Well, hopefully everybody got a handout. We don't have our, our clicker today, but you know what? We, we're going to work around that. I love using that, that uh, PowerPoint stuff and everything else, but you know what? God's Word really doesn't need it because it'll cut any way it'll go out. You know what I mean? It's going to always accomplish what we send it out to do. So if you got your handout, the, na- the name of this message, I call it Halfway Ain't No Way to Go. And I'm going to explain what that means. I'm going to give you a verse to go with that if you look at that. Proverbs 29, 18. That, that halfway, no way to go is the Buckrow translation of Proverbs 29, 18. Which means, where there is no vision, the people perish, okay? I thought David liked that. I see him smiling back there. He said, I got that one. <laughs> yeah, he wrote that down. <laughs> he said, I got that right there. And so what I wanted to talk about is The vision. You know, a lot of times where there's no vision, the people perish. A lot of folks that's been uh, along with the ministry for a while, and those are just welcome on. I want to tell you what our vision is, is make the most of every opportunity to reach people for Jesus Christ in this world. When we cut through, that's why we do what we do. And, uh, man, I just, I'm just so excited about what i got to share with you. I was telling some of the folks earlier, uh, had this message put together, working on it this week as things were coming together and as we preparing for this. How many know God is just good all the time? How much rain did we get before we got to do this shiny light? Tons. Buckets. Buckets and buckets. Yeah. Now, i want to ask you, how many people were praying for some good weather? Yeah, hands all over the place. God heard your prayer. Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing that, that he, he, could, he could just take a little time and carve out an area so we could do this? Amazing, man. And people willing to do stuff. But I'm going to jump on into what we're talking about with vision. When we're talking about vision... We're talking about the ability to see maybe past our present problem, but into the future what God's creating, okay? So I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, when God puts a vision or a dream in your heart, the way that we reach out to that is through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and by faith stepping out a step at a time, keeping our eyes on the vision, keeping our eyes on Christ. See, when we keep our eyes on Christ, we're not watching the crisis. We're not all wrapped up around what's going on in the news and everything else because we already got the Good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? So when we look at that, we want the Holy Spirit to be our guide from the inside out. He's our GPS. We got a Holy Ghost GPS. God's perfect standard is planted in you to guide you. Isn't that amazing? That He will lead God and direct you. But you know, God's a gentleman. He's not gonna stiff arm you. He's gonna work through you as much as you let Him work through you. I got to see that in all types and shapes and sizes yesterday. It's so awesome, man, to see how God works in those ways. But a lot of it is perspective. And I want to talk about that, vision and perspective a little bit. And this is what the Lord was giving me this morning. See, sometimes our perspective is, man, it sure is hot. Man, that sure is a a muddy field over there. Instead of looking at the big picture. And I'm going to reach into that in just a little bit. We can start looking at the circumstances and a little bit of sweat on our brow and say, man, this is, man, we got to weigh the cost. Well, I'm going to tell you, the Lord always says, hey, consider the cost before you start out. We considered the cost. And I'm not talking so much financially, but that's a part of the picture because we want to be good stewards of what God's given us, right? And we want to make the best time to impact uh, our community and our families and into the world for Jesus Christ. So what I want us to understand, as we're looking at the cost and pressing into God's handiwork, consider what He gave up. What did God give up? He gave His very best for us, right? So there really shouldn't be nothing that we won't put our, put our feet to and our backs to, right? And that's what I got to see over the weekend. It was really amazing. Something else. When I'm thinking about vision, I'm talking about awareness. See, it's, it's it's what we need to do is keep the vision in front of the church, so they know where they're running to. You got to keep the vision big. That's why we come back to it from time to time. Know what it's about. It's about reaching people for Christ. It's about being an imitator of Christ. We're, you know, walking this thing out and being all that we can be. So it gives us a mental image of the mission and how we reach that is through faith and passion in Him. Vision and faith come together to give us a proper attitude. Vision and faith come together to give us the willingness to do. So if you want to write a few things down there, attitude, believe, the willingness, and all that. Proper perspective. I'm going to give you a little story I read while I was preparing this. Little Johnny gets a report card, and it's a little little less than than, than on course there. It's a pretty heavy report card, and he's bringing it home. And he gives it to his dad, and his dad looks at it and he goes, wow. Uh, I don't know about this. And little giant said, well, you should be proud. He said, I should be proud of this? Look at these grades, they're rough. He said, at least you know I didn't cheat. (laughs) You know? I wish I'd have thought that fast when I was coming along with my report card. That's for sure. (laughs) I don't know if my dad would have bought that. But it's the proper perspective. Again, we had an opportunity yesterday to have the proper perspective of serving Christ Talk about little Johnny in a perspective. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament now. In Numbers chapter 13 and 14, if we look back, I'm going to tell you a little story. The key players in this story I'm going to tell you about are Joshua and Caleb. You probably heard some of the story about that. But what was going on, what was happening was this. We remember a few weeks ago when we were studying, right, about Moses, God taking Moses and using him to bring his people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, right? So they get out and they're moving along. And not too long after they're already out there, they lose the perspective. They forgot that they have been brought out of slavery, right? And they start murmuring and, 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 and kicking and whining and everything. Well, we're hungry. And it's hot. All these things. They forgot about God had a rock that he had following around. That's not a real normal thing. That's kind of supernatural. And you hit the rock and it pours the water out. That's pretty supernatural. But they kind of forgot about that, didn't they? Because they were not having the proper perspective of what was going on said that they had a cloud that went over them during the day so they wouldn't have to worry about the heat. That's pretty amazing. And then he even had a fire at night, right, so they could be guided by that. And said, so, man, we're hungry. And Robert, Robert went there to cook hot dogs, so he brought down manna. Y'all get that in a minute. So he, he provided some food for them, right? Not only that, they said, we're just tired of all this, and he gave them some fowl of the air. He was making away all the time. But they didn't have the proper perspective, Right? So, as they go along, they've got two years into their journey, and the Lord speaks to Moses. He says, look, I want to take one leader from every tribe. There's 12 tribes, and I want you to go into this, this land that i prepared for you, and I'm going to bring forth this, this for you in Canaan. So, I want you to go ahead and say, seek it out. I want you guys to have some spies to go in and take a look at what's going on and come back and give the report to the people. So, the guy, Joshua and Caleb and 10 other guys, man, they're doing the commando crawl. They go, and they say, man, this is good. Man, this is nice. This is really good. The Lord talks about the, 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 the land of overflowing milk and honey, you know, the, the promised land. This is what they've been waiting to get out of, right? You know, coming out of slavery, getting to this thing. And so they look, and they even go, and they see a vine with these grapes and stuff. And they say, man, they're so huge. It takes two guys to get these, this bushel of grapes, and they put it on a big stick, man. And one guy on this end, and one guy on this end, and they're carrying it back to show them. God says, I want you, I want you to bring proof back of what I got for you. Isn't that amazing? But guess what? You always got some naysayers, right? The other guys are saying, man, them guys are pretty big. We look like little grasshoppers dealing with this stuff compared to them. Man, they got big walls around their fort, man. What can we do? So they come back, and the guys with the God perspective, Joshua and Caleb, man, they're they We got graves. We got, they already got the forts built. Man, everything is good. And so when they get back before they could have a big powwow at the church meeting, right, started getting a little hate, discontent, and all this. And the other 10 guys start spreading this venom. It's like, you know what? Man, them guys are big. Then they add to it a little bit, say, man, God's brought us out of that slavery, so, and they're going to kill us. Man, we ought to just go back. How many times are we're in life when things get tough? We think we just want to go back. How many times yesterday when we was putting up this tent, I think I just want to go home. But you know what? We kept pushing, right? And we're here again today. But see, proper perspective, right? And so their vision was on God. Their vision was on the promises of God. And see, that's what a lot of times we don't understand is if we don't have the vision in front, if we're not renewing our mind with the word of God and spurring on each other and, and being nurtured by the Holy Spirit through the word of God, we can start losing the perspective of the vision. All right? Now these guys we're talking about, Caleb and Joshua, they kept they kept the faith, they kept rolling, keeping the promise. They're rolling. And they go back, and, and Moses says, hey, this is the deal. What you got? They said, man, it's good. Kevin says, it is good. These other guys said, I, I, we, we want to go home. Went, home? You're in slavery. And they start whining and complaining, and they were going to elect a new leader to have them lead them back. Oh, did I forget that they parted the Red Sea to get over there, too? That's kind of backburned. That was yesterday, two years ago. So that, that's kind of old news, right? it's good to rehearse what God has done for you. I always say you can't plow backwards, but if you look over your shoulder and you look at what God's brought you through, you'll know what He's going to carry you to. You see what I'm saying? But if you get back and you start looking at it and then you're doing this and you're trying to plow and you're all the way over here in the bushes and you get overwhelmed by those things. So if you've got to take a snap snapshot of something behind, look at the goodness of God. And when you pull back in, it should help you get that faith focus on the vision again. Now something else. Everybody was turned against them but those two guys. And they're ripping their clothes and they're mourning. They said, I can't believe this. We're so close. See, halfway ain't no way to go. They're that close. God did all that stuff for them. He said, just go in and take it. It's yours. Right there. Right there. And they start whining and kicking. God says, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put it in my own words. I'm not going to beg you. I told you I'd do it. So everybody is whining and crying. This is my translation, okay? Whining and crying. From the age of 20 and up. You just keep walking around in the desert. And when you guys die off, I'm going to give it to the next folks. What happened? Exactly that. But however, there was two guys that he said, but you guys, we got room for you. And those were Joshua and Caleb. So guess what? They were, come on in, my man. We got room for you. Come on in. So check this out. So Joshua and Caleb go, and and guess what? They're out in that that, uh, desert and stuff. Now, 40 years go by. Forty years go by and check it out, Caleb. Caleb is like 85 years old now. And guess what? Did God just hand it over to him? No, they had to. They had to go ahead and. Uh, they had to go ahead and fight for it. But God was with them, and it said the Bible said he was just as strong at 85 as he was at 45. I said that's mine. They went down there, and they they put some stomping on, them and they had their way and they got it. And Caleb says. I want that piece over there. That's got my name on it. See, he had passion. The next thing we want to talk about is the passion. Passion means any powerful or compelling desire or emotion. See, that right there, this, this is a good thing to write down. Passion is the food that the, the vision lives on. That's what fuels the vision is passion. Okay? Now, check this out. Faith without passion, what will happen to our vision? It will wither on the vine. You remember a couple of weeks ago we said, uh, John 15, 5, anybody remember some of that? Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. The man will remain in me and I in him. Bear much fruit, right? Apart from me, you could do nothing. They were abiding in Christ. They had the passion. They had the fuel for the dream. See, if you got the fuel for the dream and you keep your eyes on the vision, it will become a reality in your life. That's what God's talking to us in his word. It will become a reality in your life, okay? Now, I read this little story, and I'll mess it up if I try to tell it, so I'm going to read it to you about perspective. I saw this article I thought it was really cool It says Both the hummingbird And the vulture Fly over our nation's deserts All vulture sees Is the rotten meat Because that is what They're looking for They thrive on that diet But the hummingbirds Ignore the smelly flesh Of the dead animals Instead they look For the colorful blossoms Of the desert The vulture lives On what was They live on the past They fill themselves With what is dead and gone Check this out. But the hummingbirds live on what is. They seek new life. They fill themselves on freshness and life. Each bird finds what it's looking for. Don't we do the same? A vulture, a buzzard. You seen that buzzard like it's Like that. Look like at that. Like that. If you're down like that, when you can't see nothing up here. it buzzes all down like this. I can do a chicken too. But anyway, so the buzzard's there like this. That's all they see. Just living on yesterday. How many people you know that will rehearse and nurse that negativity? Yeah, but you know we went to shine your light in 19, 2005, and it rained. So I don't know if I want to go today. Good day. I'm telling you, man. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know. Look like it's hot. Yeah. You prayed it not to rain. What do you want? You know? If the sun's out, it's going to be hot. But we got a tent. Praise God. You know? So... Here's the thing. Do we got the buzzard outlook or do we got the hummingbird outlook? You know? Yeah, little hummingbird. I can't do a hummingbird. <laughs> I'm a bloated hummingbird. <laughs> 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 yeah, angry bird. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> man, I'm going to have to clean up that audio tape today. <laughs> they're out there. They say, man, they are having a good time out there. The heat has got past the buddy. That's it. Let's jump back. We're still talking about passion. I hope my man. Did you get? Did you, did you get him a, a handout? Somebody, my man just got in here. I want to make sure he gets one of those. Man, we're gonna walk you right on through what we're talking about. Good to see, you, brother. So we're talking about passion still. So I want to bring a few things out. Passion is what puts the vision into action. That will charge your battery. Passion is what puts the vision into action. If you don't have passion about something, you just well, I guess we'll make it down there. I guess we'll play a song or two. I guess that's not gonna cut it. Your passion is what drives you to make the vision become a reality, okay? Now, something else passion does. Passion grows courage. That's a good place to write that down. Check it out. Courage and passion mix. This is what it says to the vision. You ready? It says, Lord, if that is you, let me come to you, and I'll walk on the water. You remember that in the Bible? Peter says, hey, if it's you, Lord, let me know I'm coming out. And people, now, Now, look. Most people say Peter's only got to walk on water. Man, that's awesome. Him and the Lord. The other part of the camp say, yeah, but he sunk. He got a couple steps in, and when he called out on the name of the Lord, guess what? Gotcha, baby. Pull you back in the boat. Now something else I learned. Did the storm stop when he was out in the water? Nope. It didn't stop till he was back in the boat. See, God wrapped his arms around him in the midst of the storm and brought him back into the safe place. See, we'll miss that in that story sometime. That's a sermon by itself. So a lot of times when you're in that tough spot and you're in that area, right, and you're thinking, my goodness, oh, Lord, where you at? He may be just wrapping his arm around you and getting you back into the boat, getting you back into that safe place. And before I get too far gone here, I'm going to keep on with my notes and then I'm going to break out what the Lord showed me yesterday. The courage and passion of a vision is to say this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, sometimes you just got to take a stand and then stay there. The courage and passion of a vision is to say this. If God be for us, who could be against us? That's having the vision not only in front of you, but ingrained in you. That's a big deal right there. What fuels it? Passion. The last piece I got for you on there courage and passion of a vision is to say this the trials of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory of the next life we're just passing through you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh, mountain moving faith and we said you know we're all in a valley sometime and one of the things on our on our uh, sheet we talked about it said you know what that we know that our destination is secure but that, that valley is a passageway right to the destination see sometimes our troubles might be just the doorway the passageway to move to the next thing, because God can use that. I didn't say God caused that. I said God can use that. Romans 8:28, good place to look down and read that from time to time when you're going through there. God works all things together for the good for those who love Him, called according to His purpose. Now, I want to try to do a little something here. This is this is live, coming right down here, and uh, everybody knows I, I'm a graduate from Kickapoo High School, and I'm very proud of that. All 17 years. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I think it was about 12 or something. But I have in my hand a calculator so I won't mess this up. And just to make sure I don't mess this up, I'm going to ask Tim to do a little little number crunching for me. Now, Mr. Robert was telling me about almost 300 hot dogs and 100 hamburgers. something I'm pretty close on that, 236 hot dogs and stuff like that, right? And he said, buddy, where are you going with this? This is what the Lord was showing me this morning when I woke up and I started laughing. I was laying there, I said, man, my bones are hurt, boy. I mean, my pigs were going, ee, ee Boy, them toes are squealing, and Denise was going like this. <laughs> my baby was puffing, boy. It was a long day, and I ain't even going to ask what y'all was doing, because I know y'all, everybody out here was putting out. So everybody kind of moving around a little slow this morning, but I want to help us get the right perspective, right? So check this out. Do you think it'd be fair to say we probably had 500 people come through here maybe? Let's, let's break it down. We know we had around 300 or some 400 people eating, right? And people were coming and going, right? Now, how many cars do you think passed by in the last little bit since we've been here? 50 or something? 50, okay, okay. Now, Saturday was busy, right? It was even more people watching them go by, right? Proper perspective, right? Guess what they saw when they walked by? They saw some stick with God, didn't they? Out there. They saw the symbol of the cross. The freedom for a believer, right? They saw the karate guys out there praying They saw the people up here praising the Lord Oh, but that would just be for about an hour, right? So so Tim, help me out here If we had 500 people, right? That we touch 500 lives Say like in an hour's time, right? You got that? And then let's times that By Five hours What you got, buddy? Twenty-five hundred. Everybody with me there? Twenty-five hundred. Okay. He said, "Man, why? Well, where'd you get to work with me?" So if we had five hundred people that we were touching lives in an hour, and we did five hours. Twenty-five hundred people. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm going low on this figure. You ready? You see how many apartments and stuff are over there, guys? You know how long that far that travels? That sound travels a long way because the man at the post office come over and said, "Hey, hey." <laughs> I need he's yelling. I need you to move the cars, okay? I hear you all the way over there. That sounds good. Got to move the cars from over there. And he said, "I really don't care if you park in the front. Just let me get the trucks through." Got working on it, right? So it's getting out, right? So it's safe to say we got a few more folks over there, right? Probably safe to say that we had how many cars go by? If we say, let's 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 just say yesterday, I'm going to do fast figure. Let's just say uh, 100 cars went by in an hour. Five. That's another 500. But I don't even write that down. Won't even write that down, right? I won't write down that everybody got a Facebook. I got seven hundred and forty six friends. Kim's got almost three hundred. Alexa got two million. No, I'll tell. Tiny's got a few. Thomas got three. No, no. But guess what? They got to see that, right? So so with all that, right? With all that, I'm just gonna take one hundred. Just one hundred, okay? Take one hundred. That's gonna give me twenty six, ain't it, Tim? Okay. Now, I'm not even considering all the signs. I'm not even considering when the lady called me from Tropical Smoothie to come over, right? And their crew, right? That's not even considering, uh, you know, when we're buying gas and telling them what we're doing, all the signs out front. So I think I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty low on that, right? Now, we usually, on a, good, on a good Sunday at church, we have about 50 people. 50 people, right? 50 people a week, right? Check that out. Now, if we were inside the walls, right, and we had 50 people, I want Tim to do this for me. 2,600 people, some way, shape, or form, I believe, is probably a good idea of what people got to see, touch, feel, something that were impacted by Christ, some way, shape, or form. Oh, by the way, did I say, didn't even talk about the guys that we sold a lot of the, the uh, tickets to. Raffle tickets, that was well, well over 100 people on that, Right? I'm not even counting them. So, so I'm low. I'm low, right? So Tim, help me with this. I want to do this. I want to take, as Jethro says, I want to do a go into. See, that's how the Lord talks to me slow like that. So if we, if we take 2,600 and divide it by 50, because this is, this is how many people are going to see in a week, right? Okay? How many weeks would that be? 52. 52. So you know what? Your effort yesterday looking at the vision could very possibly touch 2,600 people or more. Oh, I did I say not even talking about the newsletters? Not even talking about the, the thing you run in the paper, right? Not even talking about that. I'm not padding the numbers. I'm going low every time. It's very good, easy to say that it would take us a year to reach that many people to tell them what you told them yesterday in five hours. Give yourself a hand. Woo! Woo! Isn't that something? I don't mind waking up for something like that. I mean, uh, does that make sense? I mean, when I was writing it, I said, that's awesome. Thanks, Tim. But you know what? So that's the proper perspective. That's the hummingbird outlook right there. That's amazing. So when you think, man, oh, well, we had to put the tent up. We had to do this. Don't focus on that. Focus on, you know what? If your bones are hurting, you say, well, man, you know what? We did a year's worth of work yesterday. Woo! the people for Jesus. And it feels like it too. But isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing, man? That's good stuff. You know what? I'm going to tell you again, don't you? Remember, halfway ain't no way to go. Halfway ain't no way to go. Because I'm going to tell you what happens when we do. When we go halfway, we're moving down on the sheet, right? Divided heart. Everybody got that? You get an A today. I'm going to give you a scripture to look at this here. Jesus is talking in Matthew 12:25. He's dealing with the Pharisees, and he says this. He said, But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Where are you getting that from, buddy? This is what I'm talking about. When you got a divided heart, you're only going halfway. You're only going halfway. Your passion level is down. Division starts to get blurred, right? Check it out. But we, we talked about a house of of, the. house being divided. Check this out. But our body is a house of the Holy Spirit, right? So we're submitted to God and sold out to God. We won't have that divided heart problem. Check this out. We are equipped for the mission and being equipped for the things to come. He said, man, but there's so much I don't know. Well, I got something for you. There's a whole lot I don't know, but I go to this verse every time I go, I don't know. James 1, 5, and 6. If you need wisdom, ask generously of God and He will give it to you. There's no, there's no, that's, that's pretty straightforward, right? He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. In other words, don't have a divided heart. Have your faith in the Lord alone, right? Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Now, here in Bacosan, I'm going to tell you, we understand a little bit about the wind and the water, right? I'm going to tell you a story. Um, My father-in-law had had a boat when I first come on and got married on. Forty-five foot. Of work boat. And he doesn't have a son. That means that's me and Wade. And you got to pull it out every year. And it grows every year. It gets bigger. And it gets hotter. And he gets more demanding. And I want my mom, you know. And I love granddaddy, but I'm like, man. And you know what, Denise, I come home and said, daddy said he's going to sell the boat. I said, God, thank you. Thank you. I can't swim, but I got to work on it. You know? And, and I, don't, I, I was like, man, Jimmy, that's awesome, man. That's good. I mean, can't we like water blast it? No, you can't do that. You got to scrape it. I said, that looks all right, don't it? No, no. Because you know what? He had the vision, and he was going to get in it. He was going to make sure he was in something safe. Foundation was going to be right. Amen. So, one other thing about that is, remember I said I can't swim. Every time it storms, you got to move the boat because it'll hit something. I'm thinking, drown boat. You know what I mean? I'm not just thinking like Ran, I just you know, drill a hole in that sucker, man. I didn't do it. But anyway, I was praying So we get out in what they call in Bacosan. Jimmy gets <laughs> we get on this boat, and we go past this big telephone pole. What is it, a pylon? Is that what you call it out here? I call it a telephone pole in the water. And he says, Hey, how about grabbing that? <laughs> Grab that. I'm on the boat. <laughs> So I'm going, man. I'm going. I gotta I gotta reenact I'm going. We're on the boat. Here we go. Here we go. We're going. He says, grab it. I'm going. I grab it. And the boat's still going. The only thing's helping me is my flip-flop is hung. Finally, the mercy of God stops the boat. He's like it's just natural. Okay, we gotta tie her off. So we're tightening it off, and I'm looking. I can't swim back that far. But we got something else I learned. It's not a boat. A little boat is a a bateau. I didn't know what a bateau was at all. A bateau. That's what I had was a bateau after trying to stop that boat. I understood that. And I don't know. My father-in-law is an amazing man. And, you know, I'm going to tell you what. If you would have passed the hat, I would have gave you enough money for a full oar. He got an oar about like this. He's got an oar that looks like something off the salad bar with a stinger. So I'm working out, you know. And I said, uh, "I said, Jimmy, I'll get his back. Don't worry about it. And my father-in-law is like this. He's cool. He's like, oh, okay. So Jimmy props up in the boat. Well, we're over there where Dave Raven lives now. And it's starting to blow up. And I got this daggone Twizzler stick. And I'm trying to get back in. All I do is the boat's going... Oh, I got it. I'm going back this way. I'm going back this way. And my loving father-in-law looks over at all his buddies that live over there, and they're laughing. He goes, you're embarrassing me. Can I have it? I said, well, if you want to. I was like, God, why did it take him so long to take the, take the bad toe back in? He goes like this. Shh, shh, we're on land. It's like three, man, maybe three. And I'm going, you need help? No, I got it. I'm coming all back like this. I'm picking stuff, telephone pole stuff out of there. Had a blowed out flip flop. Yes, it was a happy day when that boat sold. I was like, yeah, you getting another one? Can we get a small boat? I had a divided heart on that. Oh, my goodness. So guess what happens? A divided heart grows doubt and depletes faith. I didn't have much faith. I wanted to go home. A divided heart is something else. Lacks commitment. See, I didn't have the commitment that he had. He had a commitment to get his boat right. He had a commitment to make sure it was going to be safe when he had to go out at it. And it's not that I didn't want that, but I wasn't committed to it. See the difference? See a divided heart? That's what I'm talking about here. Something else a divided heart brings is a blurred vision. My vision was blurred on the boat. I was a. Like, let me back in there. But he took, and we went, you know what? Straight as path. Whew. With the bateau from the boat to the shore. And I was just holding on. And I looked over there, at all them old fishing buddies were going, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> they been looking on it. Yeah, oh, that's your son-in-law? Yeah, Jeff was like, yeah, yeah. Get in the truck. <laughs> Halfway ain't no way to go. I'm going to get ready to wrap it up here. Last one we got is a servant's heart. That's what I got to see yesterday. A servant's heart. See, it's important that we we meet together, right? It's really important that we meet together. But I think it's equally important, maybe sometimes even more, that we meet outside of the church and we serve. See, I got to see a servant heart yesterday in so many things. And see, a lot of people weren't even uh, able to come out yesterday, but they've been praying. They've been uh putting the word out, putting the flyers out. Steve, how many flyers you put out? You put them everywhere around here, right? All the place, right? I didn't even count that in there. Right? I'm just saying. Just saying. So you probably did a year and a half worth of work. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. But not so much because you're not doing it for me. We're doing it for the Lord. See, it's a us thing. Remember we said that a long time ago when we said we're in this for the long, it's a us thing, man. It's a us thing. It's a God thing. And what happens is when God places that vision in front of us and our passion comes up through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We walk that out with the passion, right? A lot of times things come against us. The divided heart, the hot stuff, the tents. You got to pick up the disc. You got to go pick up the cornhole uh, toss and all these things and all this stuff. We're running out of hot dogs. All that stuff could be real big if we let it. Or do we have a servant's heart? First thing I want you to write down on that, commit it. Are you committed to the mission? See, God needs committed hearts. He doesn't need somebody that, that think they got it all together. See, so we got a lot of those sometimes that we meet because if you talk to somebody that was here yesterday, well, you know, you should have done it this way. But they were in the AC in the car when they rode by. You know what I'm saying? You, you probably should have done this. Well, you know what? We'll put you in charge of that next year. Very good. Something else. We need to be humble. To me, it's very humbling to see the workers and the brothers and sisters of Christ that God has brought forth for us to partner and do what God's called us to do. To make the most of every opportunity. To impact the families. To impact, uh, you know, the, the community and then unto the world. Something else I saw yesterday is selflessness. Not selfishness, selflessness. If you're getting down on the hot dogs, someone said, well, you go ahead and take that. Oh, would you like a drink of water? Oh, well, that's all right. You can park up there. Can I help you with this? Hey, you know what? Somebody had to leave. I'll stay here and lock up. You see what I'm saying? That's awesome. Yeah, see? We're excited. We love you too, brother. That's it. So you know what? We decrease so that God can increase another trait of a follower of Jesus Christ. Devoted. People came here and stayed as long as they could. And some stayed from sunup to sundown. Never heard no whining. Never heard no kicking. Jason said he ain't going to eat a hot dog till 2015, but that's all right. <laughs> but you know what? There was a devotion in there. And you know what? Like Gloria said, many hands make for a short work. That's a good word right there. That's a good word. Something else I got to see. And it's, I'm going to finish on this. A joyful heart. You can always tell somebody if they're committed and they're humble about doing God's work. They're not selfish in doing it. They're devoted. The next thing that when they serve, they do it with a joyous heart. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't mind serving when somebody's got a joyous heart. Because if I say, hey, could you help me with this? And they go, well, I guess so. And they're dragging your stuff all through here and everything else. You know, I'm like, well, that's all right. get it myself. But you know what? When they serve with joy and they say, hey, hey, I got that. I mean, I can do that. That's a good deal. You know? You see, when I looked over here, I thought about Mike. I don't know how many shining lights. Mike's played music and almost every shining light we did. This year, stepped back, freed up, and guess what he did? Served just as hard. You know what? He ran the soundboard. He did all that stuff. And I'm not just, I, I, I can't single everybody out. I just thought about that. But when I talk about reducing, see, he was the guy up there before. And he says, that's okay. I could be the guy right here if it helps the big picture, if it helps the vision. See, and he did it with a joyous heart. Everybody served with a joyous heart yesterday. Everybody Everybody, I'm not gonna name names because I can't even name all the names. Everybody served with a joyous heart. So, I'm gonna tell you what, guys, I'm gonna bring this thing to a close. And first, just a personal, heartfelt thank you, thank you for allowing me to be a part of what God's doing in your life. That's humbling, that's what God's doing in your life, you know, and gives us the opportunity to make it so much more when we just submit and commit halfway. Ain't no way to go There may be some folks here today They heard the message made for the very first time About the goodness of Jesus Christ I want to encourage you, don't go halfway Because what God's got for you Is right here, right now All you got to do is claim it, call on the name of the Lord You say, well what are you talking about, buddy? I'm talking about this That we know all of us have sin in our life Everybody has sin in our life We are born into sin And it shackles us to the things of the devil Of the enemy. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He don't care about bruising you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But there's more to that verse. It's good news in John ten ten. 10. Jesus said, but I have come to bring you life in abundance. Isn't that good? Now, I want to tell you one other thing. Yesterday marked the 12th year of doing outreach like this. And that's just one of the things we do. But the, probably the biggest thing that we've had the, uh, the pleasure of doing is the Shine Your Life concert. We just run some fixed fast numbers right like last night do you know that we did it for a third of the cost that we've done in the past 11 years a third of the cost not that it's about money it's about good stewardship but you see what happens when people come along and serve with you it helps buffer that I know it was a God thing I know it was a God thing because rain moved off the tents, all these things, all this stuff. God worked it out, but he worked it out through everyday people like me and you so that he gets the glory. And that is so obvious who gets the glory because it's God, because we can't do it on our own. But we can be sold out and passionate about the vision. So halfway, no way to go, and you guys finish big. And I want to thank you. I want to pray for us right now. Father, I thank you for the day and all you do, Lord. And I thank you for each one here. Lord, And I pray if there's one here today, That's been halfway with you and never fully committed to what you've done, Lord. And just say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Lord, today, I want what you have. Lord, bring forth the salvation from the cross into my life. Make it mine today. If that's your prayer today, we want to celebrate that with you. Don't leave here without saying, hey, you know what? I prayed that prayer with Pastor Buddy today. What what else could you tell me? I want to come alongside of you and show you from God's Word what is legally yours now because of what God's done for you. He's made a way. So, Father, I thank you for all you do. I pray for each brother and sister here today that served diligently. And for those that maybe couldn't make it back today, every area, Lord, of their life, I pray that you multiply it. I pray that you bless it. And I pray that you keep us until we get back together next time. In Jesus' name, amen.